0: Hey everybody, welcome to Unfriend Me, a show sponsored by you. That's right, head on over to patreon.com unfriendme and throw your support at us today.
1: Oh yeah? Pornography is breaking down the family structure as we know it. These people should spend less time beating off and more time washing up. So they can find a nice someone to settle down with.
0: Oh yeah, well I do. Well, let's start that again. Oh yeah, what I do in the privacy of my own home internet is none of your affair. Plus, the louder you get on the more er, on this issue, the more convinced I am that you're super into horse porn. Oh
1: yeah. Well, if you think pornography is harmless, then.
0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Unfriend Me. Boy, do we have one for you today. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young, bringing the hot takes from the world of hardcore porn right here to Unfriend Me. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, and hello all the live listeners. We are counting on you to be a part of today's discussion. Is porn bad for you? Is it okay? Is it good for you, in fact? What is it exactly? That's what we're going to tackle right here on
1: Unfriend Me today. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> don't hurt me. No more. No more no All right. So uh, uh, here's the deal. Also, Patreon. We plug the Patreon up front. I just want to say that uh, we have... Uh, this is a long time coming, and I want to say that it's your fault, listeners, oh. uh, that this has taken so long. You guys have emailed so much about all these episodes that we needed to bring in a, a, a third party to archive all of these emails so we have them ready at the ready, so you guys, as we promised, could vote on what our extra episodes are going to be about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, please, if you want to be a patron, this is the great week to do it because A, we are on the march to 200 patrons, and B, this week we will send out a survey with five topics of which you will get to choose what we are going to go through, the rest of the emails that we didn't get to, uh, and do extra episodes about. So this is up to you guys. Become a patron this week. You will get that survey because now we finally have these emails organized and I don't have to spend another 30 minutes uh, uh, compiling everything uh, once you guys select it. We can just get your the, the will of the populace and run right into them. So... Now's the time, patreon.com slash unfriendly.
0: I agree. Now, uh, as is the tradition here on Unfriendly, before we get into the meat of the topic, (laughs) this is going to be hard for me to be my normal uh, self when it comes to describing things, because I tend to say things I don't actually mean. So forget I said meat. Uh, Anyway, we're going to get to all the discussion about pornography in a minute. But before that, I look back at what happened last week. Justin, who did we hear from?
1: Indeed, we were talking about The Simpsons. And people wrote in to show at gmail.com. Steven wrote, I got to agree with Scott on this one. Simpsons have had hits and misses, but I think they still know how to get a laugh out of me. I'm a little younger than jury, I think, but I remember seeing The Simpsons when it was new, and I was always busy or doing something else when it was on. Also, I don't really watch a ton of TV until almost the end of high school. Mm. Well, wait a you didn't see it until you were in high school, and then you're almost certainly not younger than me. Yeah. Uh, despite my, 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 my speckled gray hair, I am, I am in my mid-30s. So, yeah, 35.
0: Uh, I was watching uh, John, I forgot the comedian's name. He's on a new special on Netflix, Radio City Music Hall. Me- yes, Mulaney. And he got up there and had a huge back and forth and stuff on stage about how he's 35. And all I could think of is he looks like a little man baby. And Justin looks yeah. like my uncle. So I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I'm just saying Justin is wise for his years, but he's only 35. He's a child, really. And that's we're all better for it. Uh, Dan, Dan. I mean, the, sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
1: what? That, that, that is that's hair dye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what's going on. Well done, Mulaney. You Fooled us all. Uh, Dan, Dan, the lawyer man wrote in, says, my hot take is that the Simpsons is, in fact, better t- today than it was 30 years ago. Well, it didn't exist 30 years ago, but I get his point. Uh, In particular, because seasons one and two uh, uh, happened. A lot of the early Simpsons was recycling, excuse me, sitcom tropes and pilots and plots from the Honeymooners, the Flintstones, I Love Lucy, and so on. And if it fell into the same traps of needing to uh, catchphrases and the same running gags in every episode, even the beloved Who Shot Mr. Burns episode was playing on Shooting J.R. in Dallas. Uh, It has evolved from simple family sitcom to poking fun at all the TV tropes and society into its own beast with fleshed out characters and deeper stories. The art is better, the animation is better, and the stories are more varied. They've even tackled modern issues before other shows. The Simpsons did a medical weed show nearly 10 years before South Park, for example. And you might even throw in there that South Park did an entire episode called Simpsons Did It,
1: where they... About how much The Simpsons had covered. Yeah, Yeah, correct. Uh, Number one. Uh, To say that, uh, number one, I don't think that Who Shot Mr. Burns is necessarily beloved. Uh, I I think, if anything, it's looked at as uh, one of the more, like, hokey things that they did during their golden age, and they've made fun of it repeatedly because they thought it was more of a joke, and then people actually started wondering, and so they had to write it off with, you know, Maggie being the one who shot him, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I would disagree, but whatever. You're the lawyer. (laughs) David wrote one interesting tidbit regarding season popularity. If you go to SimpsonsWorld.com, you can see how many views each season has via that website or the FX Now app. Each season also has the total number of views listed underneath it. View numbers peak with seasons five, six, and seven, each getting over two million views. Views uh, hover between one and two million after that until season sixteen, where they drop to just over one million and go down from there. Oh, just a million is all. It's the numbers, Scott. The numbers don't lie, brother.
0: Yeah, they do. They do paint odd abstract strokes, though. I'll I'll say this. Uh, that's it's it's entirely By the possible. Way, broad
1: abstract is going to be something that will come up during this episode.
0: <laughs> I'm also. I mean, I'm not. I'm not totally unconvinced by a third argument I've heard floating around that that went like this. Any show that goes after a certain amount of time and with as much gusto as they had in that first decade uh, will have a trail off, whether that's in the real-time week-to-week viewing or, in this case, app numbers. Um, So if you binge that stuff like you would on the FX Now app and you watch and watch and watch and watch, it's probably around season seven, maybe eight, where you're like, okay, I've done, I, this is too much. Like this is, I, I'm I'm overwhelmed with how much I've already consumed. To know that you have another 16 episodes or 16 seasons of that is probably daunting. So I don't think these numbers say anything to support anything we said last week. I just think it's a symptom of you have watched a lot of Simpsons. Perhaps you should go outside.
1: Whatever Baghdad Johnson, just read the next email. <laughs> Keith wrote in,
0: says uh, the Simpsons used to be with it. Meaning, you know, whatever. The zeitgeist. but The the, whole thing. All right. But then they changed what it was. Now what the Simpsons are isn't it. And what's it is weird and scary to them. It'll happen to you. I'm in the camp that the Simpsons are still pretty funny and worth a watch just about every week. Even if they aren't quite appointment viewing anymore. For the record, nothing is appointment viewing anymore, he says in parentheses. But I will say this. The Simpsons does have... Uh, or sorry, Simpsons have been different and slightly diminished since Phil Hartman died. At that point, you lost so many great and iconic characters that it was obviously going to take a step back in terms of quality. It doesn't suck, but I just think they're, uh, they'd are they be better if they could still throw in Troy McClure storylines here and there. Uh, I hadn't really thought of that, but you only had, you had Troy McClure and you had, who's the lawyer that lived in a Orange Jewels? Lionel Hutz. Yeah, Lionel Hutz. Uh, amazing characters. And universally I think we all agree Phil Hartman taken way before his time and uh, was an incredible voice way, in that show 20,
1: 20 years ago yesterday he
2: died
0: Ugh, and, and in the worst circumstances possible I hope his kids are doing okay um, after all this time later but anyway uh, he was awesome and I agree that was a loss to the show there's no question about that uh, but I don't think I mean really it's two characters I think they can do okay Uh, not having those two, they've lost other characters before, on purpose and otherwise, so I don't think it's that big of an impact, as much as
1: this writer's saying, but I do agree it was a loss, no doubt about it I mean, look, anytime you lose a talent like Phil Hartman from anything and uh, he certainly was as big of a part of The Simpsons as he was Saturday Night Live or Pee Wee Herman or anything else that he had involvement in uh, but Phil Hartman is Quite possibly the goat. Like, he might be the funniest person who has ever lived. uh, uh, And and specifically in that kind of utility, impressions, voices kind of world. I think that if if he had lived, not only would we have seen more from him on The Simpsons, obviously. But I think there's just... I hope there's an alternate universe somewhere where that fight didn't end where it ended 20 years ago. And there is just another two decades of amazing Phil Hartman. Content. I could not
0: agree more. And, uh, it bums me out to even think about it. Uh, he was, he was, he was supposed to be, um, uh, Zap Brannigan on Futurama. He was all like h- hired for it and everything. Everything was done. And while yeah. you kind of, are, it's better that we don't know what he would have brought to that role. And Billy West did a fine. I love Billy West, Zap Brannigan, but just thinking about what more he could have done out in and outside of animation in today's like revival of comedy and r rated comedies becoming a thing again and actually being genuinely funny, where did Phil Hartman fit in all of that? and I'm guessing like in a major way, would have so yeah
1: well I think that's that's the best part about those characters, uh like Troy McClure, is that the funniest part about Phil Hartman was that he had such a just open beating heart that it's in comedy comedy's all about contrast right mm-hmm. so it's like to have the most arrogant characters be voiced by somebody that even just in his delivery (laughs) has like you it's nothing's funnier than somebody that you know is deluded (laughs) and like that was those characters kind of to a T and Phil Hartman was one of those only guys all right we're just gonna start talking about Phil Hartman if you don't like (laughs) Phil Hartman then literally stop listening to this show unfriendly sorry go ahead right In the Simpsons episode, Justin theorized that South Park would have responded to the Apu allegations with a well-thought-out full episode around the subject. Well, they did! In the season 15 episode, City Sushi, which, by the way, I randomly saw before we did this episode. I watched this episode of South Park. They tackle complaints about the side character, Tuong Lu Kim, being a racist caricature of a Chinese man voiced by a white man, Trey Parker. In the episode, it's revealed that Kim is actually the alternate personality, uh, personality of William Janis, a white therapist, all while Kim is being super racist towards another racist Japanese caricature that they invented for this episode. Once every, everyone finds out who Kim really is, they decide to let him keep believing that he's a Chinese man, because if they don't, they'll lose the only Chinese restaurant in town.
0: <laughs> all right. I mean, look the the one part i want us not to lose here is they did that and they uh, uh faced it in their own way but they then added the japanese stereotyped character who is really stereotyped like
1: well no incredibly and then he dies so. yes he dies committing <laughs> committing suicide and as he falls to his death he says oh no this is a stereotype too
0: <laughs> i mean i think that's freaking hilarious and fits their their vibe altogether. But I'm telling you right now, if The Simpsons would have tried to pull something
1: similar, it's not the same tone. They wouldn't have got away with it. It wouldn't have worked. But they're not the same show. They're also not the same show. South Park has always been a more consistently ribald show than than The Simpsons has. And I think The Simpsons would be remiss if they did not handle it with a level of care that I think that uh, has kind of defined that show more yeah. than South Park. Yeah. South Park has never really been about warm fuzzies. You know, uh, it's been about these kind of ideas as brutally dissected as they are uh, but yeah I, I I agree with you that the the biggest thing about South Park is that if you want to criticize them, it's kind of like the wire like if you come at the king, you best not miss because they have almost assuredly thought about this stuff more than you have yeah and will do their best to humiliate you if you if you come at them half stepping
0: yeah like I agree.
1: Documentary about the problems about South Park, man, it better be well put together because they will find your flaw and they will defeat you with
0: it. Yeah, you'll have a sweet new episode all about you. Uh, but that's the Simpsons. Uh, there you go. It's nice to see so many people uh, somewhat agree with me and somewhat disagree with with you. Is what I'm coming away with from
1: this from these emails. Uh, sure, I also uh, picked the ones that made you sound better. Uh, oh, me show at gmail.com is where you can uh, write in. Again, keep them short. Here's something else. Guys, I'm begging you, if you have thoughts about four episodes because you're binging, we are so excited that you have thoughts on four episodes. This is a very binge bull show. However, if you want your emails read in some of these bonus episodes that we're doing for older episodes, please send four emails. I know that it's a pain in the ass, but when you send one email where it's nine, your thoughts on nine different episodes, they're never going to get read anywhere and they'll probably get archived immediately. Mm-hmm. So i it sounds counterintuitive, but send four different emails with the topic that you're talking about. It makes it way easier for us to sort through stuff and, and archive everything. I completely
0: and 100% support that idea. Now, let's dive into either the lovely... Uh, a bubbly pool of of, uh, of free expression of sexuality, or one might call a uh, rotten cesspool of floaties and goo. That is the porno- pornography, the pornography, the pornography industry slash uh, consumption state of the world. Pornography. That's right. Uh, Justin has all the details. Why don't you start us off? What's What's the deal I with porn? With
1: God, but as we do every week, we begin with a definition pornography Often abbreviated to porn is the portrayal of sexual subject matter for the exclusive purpose of sexual arousal. Pornography may be presented in a variety of media including books, magazines, postcards, photographs, sculptures, drawing, painting, animation, sound recording, phone calls, writing, film, video and video games. The term applies to the depiction of art, uh, depiction of the act rather than the act itself and so does not include live exhibitions like sex shows or strip teases. The primary subject of present- day pornographic depictions are: pornographic models who pose for still photographs and pornographic actors or porn stars who perform in pornographic films if dramatic skills are not involved a performer in a porn fi- a porn film may also be simply called a
0: model if dramatic skills are not involved meaning no story or plot skills so like yeah if okay. you're just
1: doing the act and there's no setup yeah although even then I think there's kind of always a story you know <laughs> you know I mean you you're either
0: given one terribly, or you are, you fill one out in your head, you know?
1: Well, I guess, like, I, would you consider, I guess, yeah, I guess, like, somebody in Cirque du Soleil is is just a juggler. Sure. Or an acrobat, right? They're yeah. not necessarily an actor. Yeah, they're not. Them, yeah, but, yeah, but it's kind of, what do you what do you call when
0: People are in the, just in the background, extras? It's kind of like an extra, in, but in the porn sense.
1: Just, well, I mean, because I, I would consider them physical performers, <laughs> right, in the same way that an acrobat or a juggler. Or or a mime would be right. Sure. Or it's like it's like actual
0: models. Like if you go buy a copy of Vogue magazine and there's somebody on the front cover, they're not telling me a story necessarily. They're yeah. just there to look good in the clothes they're showing, which may be a story unto itself, but not in a narrative sort of way. So so I totally get it. I don't wonder if anyone if that bugs anybody in that business though to be just known as a model versus a you know star or
1: actor. Uh... I, I think that's all. That's that's actually kind of the 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 nomen, the preferred nomenclature based on the research. The one hour of googling that I had uh, yesterday. Mm. Uh, how big is the porn industry? Well, globally, the uh, porn is a ninety-seven billion-dollar industry, according to Casina Wosick, an assistant professor of sociology at, at New Mexico State University. Estimated, it is ten to twelve billion that comes from the United States.
0: Wow. Now, I would have thought. I have a comparative note here to share with you. Okay. Um the video game business industry as a whole is a 91.5 billion dollar industry. Now, if you'd asked me, I would have, this is as of 2017. I if you'd asked, no, I'm sorry. This is as of 2015. It's only gone up, so it's actually more than that now. It may be on par or even exceeded where porn is right now. I don't know. Uh uh, especially this year with Fortnite and some other stuff. Anyway, my point is, uh, I would have thought that the porn industry would have been well beyond our other uh, avenue of inter- entertainment. Not that there's just one more, but I, I thought video games would be like in the dust on this uh, story. So I'm a little surprised that it's a little less uh, uh, globally uh, than I thought it would be for the porn industry. And I have a theory, which we'll get into later, because I want to keep going through this stuff at the top of the show, but I think that it's taken a real hit in recent years. And we'll talk about why, maybe recent like last decade. All right.
1: All right. This is uh uh No, you, know, you wanna know what let's stay here right now. Okay. What I I am fascinated by where you feel your expertise <laughs> comes in, in in estimating the porn industry and why you feel economically it has taken a, a nosedive. I am no
0: expert by any stretch, uh While I am no, I'm not one of those people that floats through life and says, I've never seen porn even once. I'm not going to tell you that, but I am going to tell you that uh, I'm not really a purveyor. It's not of much interest to me. So I don't know a ton about where the industry itself goes or how you get an AVN award. I was in Vegas once when that was going on and that was weird. Uh, Uh Things like that. But here's my here's my take on the financial dip. Uh, or the one that I perceive. And again, I don't have comparative data, so I don't really know this for sure, but okay, so I've I've disclaimed myself enough. Um, I think it's obvious. (laughs) Things, The internet itself and things like Pornhub, and I don't know the rest of them, that one's the big name, uh, have made it virtually impossible for this to be as lucrative as a business as it used to be, at least on a individual level or on a um, kind of anyone who does it will make a bunch of money because they're doing it. It's it's now kind of not that way because anybody anywhere can do it, and they're even getting to the point. I understand that Pornhub's like launched some kind of do your own channel YouTube style thing, where uh, Justin could go and have a have a thing called uh, Jury Does It or whatever uh, over there on Pornhub, and people would flock to your channel and and you could do live streams there as well as original content. Basically, it's just YouTube uh, for porn. And you could create all your little stories, your little uh, pizza man coming to the house to fix the pipes or whatever. I'm conflating two two stereotypic porn stories there. But the idea being that you could make your own amateur porn and then people would flock to you and you would get to add money for that and you would receive, you know, however they make money. So it's even gotten more uh, democratized in the way that YouTube sort of did that as well. And because it was already kind of an underground um, or at the very least behind the scenes kind of thing, this wasn't a mainstream like walk around in the, in the mall and be accosted by porn advertising, uh, unlike regular TV or regular movies, it was already kind of pushed away. So now that you can do this on your own, the pushed away factor is still there and the mainstream just shrinks because now you can go into Pornhub and get a billion things for free without paying a dime, without spending any money ever again. Some of it uh, legitimately made by actual original people. And a lot of it just stolen from one would presume DVDs and stuff from years past. So I think think that has made their bottom drop out for lack of a better term given the subject.
1: So you're saying that the proliferation of digital distribution, which cuts out overhead and the need for retail locations that are demonized and hard to get to is bad for the pornography industry? I'm saying that,
0: yes, because, okay, there's two sides to that, though. What you said is only one half of it. Let's go back. 1975, guy's like, oh, I got to give me some porno, okay? So what did he do? He would put on his, his uh, overcoat, right? Uh, he tighten that real good. He'd get a fake mustache and glasses on and a hat. And he'd have to go across town to some seedy part of town and go into Joe's Porn Popper or whatever he had. And he'd go in there and he'd grab a copy of Hustler or whatever he did and uh, kind of enjoy himself there in the place or whatever he would do or he'd go home. But he had to make this effort to do this thing. And he had to pay for the thing he was ultimately getting. The difference today is no need for coat, no need for hat, no need for mustache, and no need to even buy anything. You just are another view on a channel on a web page someplace, and you got it for free. Now, there are plenty of places to subscribe to stuff. There are definitely little cottage angles and things like that, I'm hold, sure.
1: Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What side are we on right now? Uh, on the side of what? What do you mean? Where, where, where are we streaming right now? Oh, we're on Twitch. How much do people pay to start watching this?
0: Uh, to start? Well, no, it's free. No, I get it. No, 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 I get it. I get it. I'm talking about. This this is you're telling me
1: that a site that gets like uh, that is like among a a top 100 video streaming site that has the ability to to uh, farm in Google ads like that. That's
0: not something that's making money. No, of course they're making money. But you tell me another site that's even close to what YouTube is in revenue. Name one. You can't. So what I'm saying is, it was. Thousands of magazines, thousands of individual websites, thousands of places to go and visit in your local area. Now it's one, maybe two huge Goliath sources online that give you all of that stuff for free. Yes, they're making money. They're making billions, these companies. But just they are now. YouTube is the only place, not the only place, but one of the only places, and certainly by a huge stretch, that makes the most revenue online for video content. So that's nice because it means that you and I can get a piece of that if we have a cool channel or you know it can be spread around a little bit and everybody kind of wins or whatever but it's not the same as some studio cropping up and Burt Reynolds starting his own you know I'm thinking of that movie but you know what I mean like it's not this uh this industry anymore where everybody can have their own little mom and pop I mean it's like anything else it's like Amazon killing bookstores slowly or anything else it's just this stuff pushes that stuff out
1: all right all right all right all right right. hold on we've we've, we've gone this enough and i'm trying to find some kind of data here to to either confirm or or rebuke you it seems as if you were correct up through the mid tens that there was a dip in sales from there however the rise of a lot of these independent uh, uh, situations and the fact that uh Pornhub kind of consolidated a lot of the free porn situation the, the the free porn videos they, they bought all the sites that had content for that and now are farming through that and they they have amateur content that's there has stabilized things and now the internet much like the music industry the internet has uh uh taken over for whatever cannibalization happened With the death of physical media.
0: Right. Right. Oh, that's the other thing. I didn't even think about that. Like, discs and tapes and all that stuff went away. Yeah.
1: So, so there was basically a problem where the internet was cannibalizing things that would be sold for a higher ticket value.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Now, things apparently, according to the things that I've looked up in like five seconds while you were talking, things have stabilized and is now doing... It is now continuing to grow. But who's, so.
0: But where is it growing? So that's what I want. I'm not saying you'd know this or that we have the data in front of us, but I have to think that it's growing where it's booming. And where it's booming is online, and where it's booming online is, is specific entities. And it's not so much for anybody who wants to just get in now. Um, like, you can't just... And-
1: do, so, do, no, but no, but they're but they're dependent more on number one, uh, porn is a it, it is it is a youth industry. <laughs> it is it is there for for the new, right? Yeah. So there will always be people cycling in and out. Number two, if there are more places to work, that means that there are more opportunities to make money for right. that town. Right. Uh, and so if digital distribution is diversified, the amount of people that want to pay you that is better for talent coming in,
0: theoretically. Sure, in theory, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say that maybe the numbers shift a little to the left and right, depending on how you're looking at it, but this isn't that different than streaming media killing... uh, The Netflixes of the world killing Blockbuster. It's not that different than Amazon destroying mom and pops. It's kind of the same issue and will they survive and thrive and do great? Yes, the bigger question to me is will it be in the same way, will the same protections be there for for, for for performers? Are they more likely now to 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 only make money uh if they are A-list and if they're not, if they're not close to that, do they get the same protections like AIDS protection and all the kind of like testing protections that they try to have in that business? Like does it do do we end up with a bunch of fringy stuff that gets Real shady. I don't know.
1: American American pornography does require uh, age of consent forms. They require on camera uh, consent. They require uh, in I believe I know in California, and and, and um, um I didn't look up this for other states, but there are uh, uh, AIDS testings and and blood testing that needs to happen before uh before everybody gets gets it on. You have to have your blood work in order. Uh, I don't think that that changes because there are more outlets for it. But to your point, is pornography harmful to performers? According to porn starlet Maria Riot, quote, there are films out there that I don't like uh, that much. And some things that I would have done differently when I was starting because I didn't have any experience. You grow up and you read the things you said or wrote in the past. And sometimes you think, why did I say that or write this? It's better to realize that you could do better otherwise than just stay in the same place and for me it's important to progress to learn to be critical and to change some of the things that you want to improve in yourself. Mm. Essentially uh this is a rough place where people do uh, uh obviously a let's say an 18-year-old girl mm-hmm. who is interested in getting into this business is a hot commodity. Mm. Be pulled apart if you In, in, like, in anything where youth and beauty are coveted, uh, things will go fast if you don't take control. The sooner you take control with your career, the better off things are going to be. Now, obviously, pornography has is different than, let's say, singing or acting in that the stuff that you do will carry a stigma in, in much of the rest of your life, in the way that singing or acting may or may not. Right. But, that is certainly a, a, a issue. And in fact, it's something that has given up to the rise of ethical porn. Ethical porn is defined by Chanel Preston, a porn star and president in the adult former advocacy committee, APAC. Quote, ethical porn is any pornography which is created where all the terms of the scene are consensual. Sex acts, pay, and conditions being the three key elements.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm actually kind of for the idea that it's a little like it, like all the other industries that have been disrupted in one way or another by uh, what the internet is and does. I, I think I prefer that that's where this stuff goes, because it feels like it's more. um, What's the word? Not legit, but just like transparent, maybe. Um, there were some shady, shady stories about seventies and eighties where stuff was coming out of who knows where, with what kind of consent, who knew with what kind of guidelines who knew, like,
1: yeah,
0: lots I of mean, issues. And it feels like we're not, it feels like we're better in a better place now with, you know, best I can tell.
1: I also don't know if you've been paying attention to the news lately, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like the things that we used to put on the port industry were necessarily, confined to that uh, uh, if, if you look at some of the monstrosities that were running studios and and casting couches and and and, and the like. Right. Uh, here is uh, probably the biggest look into the modern pornography industry was the 2015 documentary Hot Girls Wanted. It gave a slice of life view into uh, a couple 18-year-old women breaking into the industry that did so by answering Craigslist ads, many of which were for Free trips to Miami, Florida for models uh, with cash payment in return. For, this is from the New York Times review of the movie. There's an interesting story about class and the American economy in Hot Girls Wanted, even if it's not the story that filmmakers want to focus on. How the women uh, who answer to must-be-18 Craigslist ads say they prefer what they're doing, at least at first, to dead-end jobs available in their hometowns. For example, Rachel, an 18-year-old from Oswego, Illinois, says in her Miami living room after a shoot, "Are you kidding me? I made $900 in 5 hours. I'm not going home to make 8.25 an hour. No, 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 no." <laughs> wow.
0: All right. <laughs>
1: I mean, uh, you know, empowerment,
0: man, I guess. I don't
1: know. Here's where we'll get to what I'm sure you are going to bring up. Is pornography harmful to the viewer? In effects of prolonged consumption of pornography, a review of pornography research conducted by the Surgeon General of the United States in 1968, Zilman noted that uh, inconsistencies in the literature on pornography exist, but overall concluded that extensive viewing of pornographic material may produce sociological effects he argued were negative, including the decreased respect for long-term monogamous relationships and the attenuated desire for procreation. He describes the hypothetical basis of these conclusions, stating the values expressed in pornography's clash so obviously with the family concept and the uh, potentially undermine the traditional values that favor marriage, family and children. Pornographic scripts dwell on sexual engagements of parties who have just met, who are in no way attached or committed to each other, uh, who will part shortly, never to meet again. Sexual gratification in pornography is not a function of emotional attachment or kindness of ca- or caring or especially not of continuance of a relationship, as such continuance would translate into responsibilities, curtailments, and costs.
0: Mm. Should I say what I think about that paragraph or no? Uh,
1: well, here, let me just blast through all this stuff, and then let's just get into all the right. conversations and the, uh, and the talking. Right. And also in 1986, a review of uh, epistemological... Uh, Epidemiological, whatever. I think. Epidem- That's ep- it. Studies by Neil M. Malamoff uh, uh, found that the quality of <laughs> pornographic material viewed by men was positively correlated with the degree in which they endorse sexual assault. Malamuth's work describes check who found among a diverse sample of Canadian men that more exposure to pornography led to a higher acceptance of rape myths, violence against women, and general sexual callousness. In another study, Briere, Corn, Runts, and Neil M. Malamuth reported similar correlations in a sample involving college males on the other hand the failure to find stati- uh, statistically significant correlations in another previous study led malamuth to examine other interesting correlations which took into account the information about sexuality the samples obtained in their childhood and pornography emerged as the second most important source of information malamuth's work has been criticized by other authors however as uh, such as ferguson and hartley from 19- 2009 who argued that the research was exaggerating positive findings and had not properly discussed null findings. And finally, some research claimed that there is a correlation between pornography and a decrease in sex crimes, including Diamond, an author of a review from 2009, The Effects of Pornography and International Perspective, was another uh, one of those word studies. Which found that the massive growth of pornography in the United States between 1975 and 1995 was accompanied by a substantial decrease in the number of sexual assaults per capita, and similar results were reported in Japan. Ugh. <laughs>
0: All right. Here's the. Here's Scott. We're gonna get Scott's take. We're gonna hear Justin's take, and then we're gonna hear your oh take.
1: Go. Hey, by Scott. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then i want the listeners to have their say i know some of you have already been trying to call in don't worry you will get your you'll get your voice here in a minute uh all right so if all if the only effect we had hoped for from pornography and its only effect what and if the only measurement was are there less rapes or violent sexual assaults uh, have they gone down as pornography use has gone up? If if that was the only measurement, then I, I mean, I don't. I think that that's true. By the way, that those assaults have gone down. My sister correlates this, who is a psychologist and deals with people all the time who are trying to either quit viewing pornography or have other other family issues that have arisen from their uh, pornographic use, whether it's you know, spousal wanting to get out of there or whatever. Um, so she's got some experience with this with clients. Anyway. Uh, if all we were trying to say was, well, what is, has porn done a good thing? What, what good thing has it done? Well, it's made it so people assault people less. If that's our only measurement, great. That's a positive thing. My problem with porn, uh, is that I kind of agree more with this Malmoth guy and that I think it harms people, not because they are harming somebody else. And that brings up the whole question about if you're not harming somebody else, you're not really harming anybody. It's a victimless client, uh, uh, crime or victimless vice, I guess. Um, I understand that. We can talk about that. But what I'm saying is people who are consuming a ton of porn and are never quite satisfied with what they've got and need to move on to harder stuff, which people do, uh, they're not... I, I worry that they're the ones that are not happy. They may not assault anybody. This may not increase their chances of assaulting somebody. This may take that out of the equation altogether. For all I know, I just don't think they're happy long term. I think it's hard to find a, a, a measure of happiness. And you can go, well, Scott, what is happiness? To find that for me, maybe happiness to me is me being buried in a pile of uh, <laughs> Penthouse magazines from 1973. I don't know. Maybe it is. I'm not. I don't want to go that that philosophical with it. I'm just saying, if you're watching tons and tons of porn. And you know if your, other, the, your social life has, has suffered, if you're not dating as much real people, if you're not seeing them as, as uh, individuals and you're seeing them as, as objects or thinking of them first as sex objects and secondly as anything else, if that's happening in your life, you know you're not happy. So it's okay. You can admit it. It's fine. I just don't think it's, it's going to make you happy in the long run. It just isn't. One day you're going to be 80. It just ain't going to be working
1: for you anymore. It's not going to be... I mean, look, all all I'm saying is that if you play a lot of video games and you notice that your social life is suffering and you're not going out there and you're not dating as much, that you're not happy. And if you're 80 years old, those video games aren't going to be doing it like it used to. And... You need to understand that there is uh, a damaging cuz look Scott it starts out with maybe uh, you know the softcore stuff like Angry Birds and then it then you know <laughs> next thing you know you're, you're spending 12 hours a day uh playing Dark Souls and the rest of the time you're either sleeping or eating.
0: It's a false equivalency but I take your point. I don't think it's the same.
1: I mean, here's all I'm saying is that like I'm not and to be honest I I actually agree with you on both counts in terms of the extreme. But I don't I think that we're 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 arguing about symptoms and not root causes right i think that's
0: that's fair all right let's start taking these calls all right yeah let's take calls all right let's take calls we'll we'll keep this going uh are on the air who's this
3: hey this is richard from charlotte north carolina hello
0: Hello, richard from charlotte uh what's your take on all this
3: um well i'm a couples therapist here in charlotte and i've done a lot of sex therapy Mm so this Uh has like been kind of one of the things we bring in Mm. a lot of couples bring in Mm mm-hmm Um, I'd say my whole, there's a lot of take on it, honestly. I've never been one of those sex therapists that prescribes porn. I've met those. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that porn really does is that it makes sex goal-oriented. So what that means is that a lot of the times, the last few minutes of porn will be kind of focused around ejaculation. Mm -hmm. And for couples, when you're kind of unraveling the couple's sexual infrastructure, because we bring so much for the couple sessions, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a sex therapy. So, if one of the clients is watching a lot of sex, I mean, excuse me, watching a lot of porn, um, there's this more goal-oriented sex rather than pleasure-oriented sex, right? Mm-hmm. Like experiencing each other rather than this goal that I need to, I need to ejaculate, or we need to ejaculate at the same time, mm-hmm. or this kind of piece. So mm-hmm. it's, it can be difficult in that way. But it really, with the good or bad, healthy, unhealthy piece really has to do with the couple's relationship
0: to Mm, porn mm.
3: um because it can be really different depending on the couple and kind of how pervasive or not pervasive it is
0: sure what do do you do with uh, so so since you've had this experience professionally tell me the difference between that it feels like in a couple situation especially if you got a couple who are open to ideas and want to try stuff and uh, you know let's say they've got a mutual interest in this you can probably find, you know, a a place for that in their lives. And, and it's not like, you know, you're gonna have couples where the guy's really into it and the woman's just horrified by it. And there's, and that, and hence, that's why they're in your office. Um, And I understand Mm -hmm. those exist, but what about like an individual, somebody who's not currently committed or in a relationship like that or any of that, it's just a guy who cannot stop watching it or doesn't want to stop watching it. In your professional opinion, like what's, what's an end game for that guy? What, what is it? Is it fine? Is it, is he going to like, I I'm, I don't even know how to ask the question, but maybe
3: kind of the way you're describing it, it sounds like he doesn't believe it's fine.
0: Mm. Right.
3: Like that's, that's if, if somebody's saying I watch it too much. Right. The thing is just like any, any addiction, even though actual sex addiction has been taken out of the uh, DSM five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not actual clear diagnosis now, but um, it's like any addiction. Is it pervasive? Is it debilitating? And the big thing is like, is it inhibiting goals, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. like I've had some couples where um, it did, it was, I've had an individual where he, um, started, he had a divorce from his family and, but when he would go to his child's games, he would have to go in the bathroom while they're at like a sporting event and watch porn, mm-hmm. right? So that's like, that's where it becomes an issue where it's inhibiting your daily life, but a guy that just Looks it porn five or six times a week at night and it's like 10 or 15 minutes. Right. That's to me, if he doesn't see it as a problem that it's not clinically so significant until it's viewed that way. That's mm. the thing with addiction that if they don't see it as a problem, it's going to be hard to treat.
1: Yeah. It's- and let me, let me ask you this. Uh, if you are dealing with couples that have intimacy or trust issues is, the, I mean, the 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 porn might be what they're going to bring up in therapy, but ultimately the root cause is that they have intimacy and trust issues,
3: right? Absolutely, mm. absolutely. It's, like it's kind of like um, infidelity is a symptom of a bigger problem. Just, it would be the
0: same thing, there, Jerry, If that's what you're getting at. No, yeah. I, I get that. Uh, yeah. Totally, guess, yeah. totally agree with that. That's, I think that's
1: dead on. I mean, and it, that's, yeah, that's, and, and and as much as look, I, I appreciate and understand saying that, like, okay, if you. Understand sex as pornography. It is a about as uh, useful as understanding uh, uh, how to do your job as watching a uh, you know predator is right. Like it, it, is, <laughs> it is going to be an unrealistic depiction of uh, the life that you are going to see day in and day out. But at the same time, for for a lot of people, and I would consider myself one of them. Growing up, pornography was like. You know, yes. It, I mean, does it make does it uh, create an expectation that sex is goal oriented? Sure, but it also under it made me understand what sex was, and that there was a concept of things called goals, right? <laughs> like it was, it's mm. it, it was was. But a, it does little
3: to teach you about what a clitoris looks like and what the pleasure for a woman is. Like a lot of times, porn leaves out, which is one of the huge pieces of couples and sex therapy, is the foreplay. Right. The fact that porn has very little inclusion of foreplay—I um, don't know if we're dangerous. watching
1: the same porn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, you may be right. Yeah. I
3: watch really
1: goal-oriented. You're yeah, right.
0: You got to keep those goals going. You're a, you're right. a, you are a—you're Got to get those I,
1: goals. And look, and look, I, I I I do agree that pornography in general is, you know, uh, it, it is a shot sheet essentially, mm. right? And it's no different mm. than. Or a reality show, you need to get X Y Z done right, and so therefore there is going to be these beats that you will hit, like it is any kind of scene, uh, and that does put a reliance on. Okay, well this happens and this happens and this happens and then the big finish. Uh, but I don't. I think that that's varied. You know, it, it's not uh, the same as it was in the '80s, uh, and and that part of for me growing up in with internet pornography is that man you are spoiled for choice <laughs> it is it is it is mm. uh, uh the exact thing that you want the, it is done in abundance and and very often that is more so than just i think a a traditional uh, uh the way that porn kind of used to be where it was male focused and male driven and and that was that
0: yeah well it's interesting i appreciate yeah. the call because it's good to get somebody on here who's actually dealing with this stuff every yeah, every day, but
2: uh, sure.
3: And I, I think a large, if I may, yeah, um, a ahead. large piece of it, uh, and I agree with you, Jerry. That it has—it's like with anything, the use of anything in life, it's a matter of maturity. And this is in terms of sexual maturity. And it doesn't have to do with age or gender or race or anything like that. It's yeah. a matter of how you've been able to experience yourself in a sexual realm, which is personal and you know relational. Um, and then the, uh, that's what I've seen with couples that if they have more sexual maturity, which is able to experience themselves and others through sex and intimacies, right? That yeah. porn will have less of an impact, right? Right. Uh, so I think that's a large piece of it.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, good luck on all your stuff, man. That's a, uh, it sounds yeah. like you're in the in the thick of it to me. Uh, the number is 801 285 9395. You have your own thoughts, comments, and what about the world of porn and, yeah. uh, you know, we're we're, we're,
1: we're gonna try let's try to mow through some callers let's try i I think we've we've had we've had a couple weeks where we haven't taken a a ton of them but i know listen it might be weird you know call in and and get your uh, porn hot take out there but uh we are we are we are waiting uh for you do you think it's harmful do Do you think that it is a, a, a dangerous thing i think it's
0: uh here okay here here's okay, so my thinking, and if we get another call, I will stop and continue on after that. we will get another call because I saw some coming uh anyway, uh, so what was I gonna say oh uh, harmful, I think there's an age question uh I don't know what exactly that is, I don't know what the de- delineation is, but i i I just feel with all my guts that an eight year old boy uh being exposed to what mon, one might term hardcore pornography, uh, or girl—I'm just using a boy as an example—is—is uh, is dangerous. I think that's dangerous because, like a lot of these discussions we have about brains and and their development and when they're when they're sort of forming their pathways and becoming, uh, you know, locking themselves into who they're going to be—that uh, sort of stuff—they're not anywhere near done at eight, and. That kind of stuff, without any other kind of um, context, also without the proper sort of you know puberty comes, you start to understand what it means to be attracted to somebody else, what those feelings are, how to make sense of them. This is just being blasted we're,
1: we're, with What we're eight-year-olds?
0: Say that again, it cut out what?
1: year olds We're talking about eight-year-olds watching pornography.: Oh dude,
0: this is the scary bit, and this is why I think it's dangerous. That I seems crazy. Think,
1: I don't even think if I saw porn at 8, I wouldn't even have the context to put it together.
0: My sister had had or has clients who were seeing pornographic content for whatever reason, some friend brought it or they were first exposed to it by a family member or whatever it was, as young as that. 8 years old, 10, 11 in that range. Okay. And it's they're jacked up. Like they're some of the hardest clients she's ever had to deal with because they've got this view of 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 in this case in many cases women uh that is completely informed by this com- the, the, like this thing that was just thrust upon them at a at a time in their life when Wait, they are just on. not a, ready is for it,
1: it porn's fault and not the parents who were showing their 8-year-olds pornography oh, no i'm not they, no 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 i'm not
0: placing blame uh, i'm not i'm not placing blame i get i get what you're saying not placing blame at all i'm not saying it's that's that it's the porn's fault for for existing this would be, wouldn't be any different than like when I was a kid, I saw this movie. Uh, I was probably seven, and I saw this movie where um oh what's his name? He was in Mash, and uh, he was like uh, Rachel's dad on uh or not Rachel's Monica and uh and Ross's dad on uh freaking Friends. I can't think of his name. Anyway, Elliot Gould. Thank you, chat room. Uh, Tazorial said it. Elliot Gould's in this movie, and there's a scene where he has a fight with this woman. And the fight ends up so violent that by the end of it, he has broken a fish tank wide open. Fish are flying all over the place. There's water all over the room. He takes yeah. this woman and he slams her neck down on this on this uh, exposed glass from the break and proceeds to sever her head into the tank of whatever's left in the tank. Okay. I, now, I'm seven when I'm over at my cousin's and this is on HBO or whatever it is that some late night.
1: Should have been watching porn. <laughs>
0: Well, my point is that kind of thing. Now, look, if you watch some some fancy dancy, ooh, pretty girls at the pool, of playboy direct video thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying like rough. You know, there's there's stuff out there. People can get anything like I, my imagination stops at a certain point. But I I know it goes beyond that. My point is,
1: I guess, like, who how is this a controversial topic that eight years that, that eight year olds should be watching? Like, like, really screwed up, uh, uh, you know, a pornography. <laughs> of course, they shouldn't. Right. And and you shouldn't have been exposed you know, to murder. getting a, watching Elliot Gould cut a hooker's head off. I like,
0: completely agree. I completely agree. And I I guess are
1: you on the other side of this. I
0: understand. And what
1: does it have to do with the genre in general.
0: <laughs> Hold on to that thought. We're gonna take this caller, and then I'll tell you. Hi, you're on the air. Hey guys, it's uh,
2: it's Desiree. Hello, Desiree.
0: To nice back. to hear from
3: well, you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Same How are you up? doing? Good. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a point of view from uh, from a female's point of view. Please. Um, I actually found my dad's collection when I was about twelve, and he had he had his you know hidden VHS of nineteen seventy six sixty or whatever
3: yeah. type uh,
2: <laughs> type stuff. Yeah. So, um, when I found it, and I sat and I and I watched it 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 did like i didn't know like it was affecting me because i was like in the puberty stage so Mm -hmm. yes it was affecting me Mm -hmm. and i realized that when you know it when i used to uh play with toys and stuff like like my 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 barbies and stuff like that i would incorporate i would incorporate sex Mm -hmm. and and as part of the play, because this is what I, you know, I was like, oh, wow. You know, well, did you, so did you, would you say, adult,
0: would you say you, per, you perceived is, the, so what you saw in those images that you, you incorporating that into the play, was just you saying, well, this is what Barbie and Ken would do. Cause this is what
2: I've seen yeah, adult ex- people do. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. It, it was something I would see that I was like, okay. So yeah, it can, it, it can, it at a young age. Yes. It it can uh, if they come across it, it it becomes incorporated into a child's mind, and it's like okay, wow. Uh, do, do, do this is what that the that adult. Had... This is what the this is what the adults do behind the closed doors. Or, you know, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know this was going on.
0: Oh, yeah, so Justin, so, sorry, do you, you think that ahead.
1: that had a a a negative lasting effect on on your life?
2: On my life with all honesty, not, not, mm, see, it's hard to say. Cause I don't, I don't feel it was, I don't feel it was negative. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Yes, I, you know, engage, but I'm not like guys who keep it on, like keep it on TV, it, like it's a TV show i i i watch I every mean, you know like you know you know how they keep it on like it's oh, okay no, you
1: know to, we don't need to go into the habit specifically <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on,
2: on level like that was
1: obviously a moment in your childhood that you remember right but yes a lot of weird moments that we have in our childhood where you know we're mm-hmm. d- doing things that shape us as human beings and we later realize oh wait i remember i was I did that way back in the day. I wonder if that uh, affected me. Do you, but do you feel that it had a a, la- a negative lasting effect on you? Well, I
0: lost her. But uh, so let's let's put it. Let's go back to my Elliot Gould example.
3: Yeah, you're 100 percent oh, uh, right. So, but,
1: you're a hey, 100- big, big shout out to all the parents out there. They don't have to keep porn collections <laughs> anymore because it's all in the cloud. <laughs> right. I, There's not even such
0: a thing anymore. I had this uncle. Like it, go to his house, and every room had a stack of porn in it. Every room. And we I'm go. Just
1: saying, yeah. I'm just saying, God sent for the traveler with an As soon as the iPhone and the iPad came out, oh my God.
0: <laughs> well, all right. Goes back to my convenience uh, point. But anyway, so all I'm saying is you're right to say, well, wait a minute. You know, it's not the porn's fault for existing. Uh, you know, parents' parenting is important, all that other stuff. Uh, but me happening to see Elliot Gould do this horrible thing. I couldn't separate it when I was seven from reality, at least not then. And it's not to say that most people can't figure it out because I did, I figured it out. I'm a mature, normal adult, I'm fine. That thing doesn't even bother me anymore. In fact, I'm I'm guessing if I watched it and somebody found it in the chat, it's called The Silent Partner, never knew the name. Um, If I went and found that today and watched it, I'm sure it's the cheesiest, dumbest thing and I've seen a billion things since that haven't had no effect on me. So I get that, that that's a big part of the population will have this exposure at a young age and like Desiree, be just fine later. There's just this subgroup of people who won't, who will have a problem. They will fixate. They'll have a very hard time getting past it. They'll be in therapy for years. I'm just saying that that happens. Now, am I saying ban porn because of that? No, I'm not. But people that argue that it has zero effect and it's just like playing a video game, like you said, I don't think that's There's no this. That's a whole different world.
1: You do know that that is the exact argument made by people who criticize video games and movies, right? Oh, I know they do. But But so, but, but, and so you are saying this argument is valid. (laughs) Uh, It's just about this thing.
0: I'm a little biased either way because I know uh, when I play games, I do. I'm a gamer and I love playing games. But I'm you don't find me at 3 a.m. not being able to stop. So I'm just the wrong guy to ask. Like, I, I, I play it all I, in I, moderation. I,
1: I guess th- th- there, there, there comes to be a question, because I would agree with you that there is obviously people for whom this cannot be handled and has a, a negative detriment in their life. And Whether or not you want to classify sex addiction as an official addiction or something else, which is, I guess, a controversy in the psychological community, as I found during my Googling, uh, uh, I, I think that there is no doubt that there are people for whom fixate on things and it has a negative impact in their life. The question is, to me, going forward, is this something that we can change? Is this something worth changing? And is this something that we need to take action on? And to me, at least, I would say the objective benefits of pornography, right. up, including the fact that, uh, uh, I, for me, It represented the beginning of sexual education, a sexual education that nobody else really wanted to give me, that would have no idea how to ask for, and that ultimately benefited me in my life in an element of society that we don't like to talk about.
0: Right. Okay. so let me follow that up by saying one of the things I did as a parent, we made it very this was key for us uh kim and i talked about it very early on when we had infants and even before we had kids at all yeah uh, that our goal would be to be very straightforward and very early and very upfront about sex and about sex education and about helping the kids understand what their bodies do and what's the deal you know like what's the deal how do we make babies let's figure this out and we started as young as seven or eight years old having conversations they would progress as they got older to be The word's not explicit, but, you know, when you're starting at seven, you're not going, all right, a man's penis gets jammed into the vagina. It's not like that.
1: But, but but yeah, but I I don't necessarily mean biologically. No, I understand what you're saying, too. But what (laughs) I'm saying, if I want to be if I want to be good at having sex, like (laughs) like, if, 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 if this is not something that I mean, like, where do you go for that? Where do you go? Well, the question. Let me ask you
0: this question. Why do you why do you need to go anywhere? Why do you need to go anywhere? Why can't. Why couldn't your first time just be this innocent, awkward? Oh my gosh, I don't know, but man, I sure like being with you moment. Why? Could, why couldn't it have been that and not? I'm sure glad I got all those uh, ideas from Mister Long Penis McGee from uh, Anal I Butts mean, Four.
1: One, number one, uh, my my first time is something that I've told about on the on, on on the Jury Podcast, and it was uh, uh, certainly far, far, far from anything that I had seen in pornography leading up to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and ultimately it is something fun and innocent that i can that i can share uh, like obviously i'm a shameless idiot who talks about his worst uh, and most embarrassing moments on the internet but like uh uh that is something that like i don't think i was cheated that it was just i didn't want to embarrass myself it was like anything else mm-hmm. like why uh, do you need when you begin doing this thing for whatever reason we have this idea that that uh, uh, and i don't even want to put this like in this country because i don't know if whatever, being raised in some freaky deeky Dutch, uh, you know, family household where mom and dad are screwing in front of the kids is a better way to go about things, right? right. But, like, if if you, in life, if you're going for a recital, you want to know how to play the flute, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you want to uh, 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 be good at writing, if you want to understand in anything that, that uh, involves any kind of performance, you don't want to be you don't want to be Bad, right? And it, 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 if even just to satiate your own curiosity of this thing that is so taboo, I pornography was intensely helpful. If even just to give me a framework that will allow me—I mean, because it's not like that's where the journey ends. It's not like you'll watch a, a, a porno and you're like, "Well, the secrets are out." It's not like learning the three fly. <laughs> you know, are learning how to force a card. It's—it's uh, uh, it's just a frame of reference that this is a, a a thing that happens and then you learn along the way
0: yeah no I, I again you're a you're a pretty well-formed adult male who uh didn't get all wound up in it so to answer your original question i do think age plays a factor whether we like it or not i mean you you're not
1: no one's saying that age doesn't play a factor you're the one who no. keeps going back.
0: This eight-year-old. I know, I do. I keep doing that because I just think kids are so because kids are so easily exposed to it now. It's not hard for them. All it takes is a friend of theirs to send them a link, and they go, "I'm in." Or someone Snapchat's their wiener, and you're like, "Well, there's that. There's my first time for that." This stuff happens way younger now because, again, that convenience factor is off the charts. And I'm not saying that it's all going to hell, and I can't believe we've done this. And I don't. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying decrying at all. I'm just saying it's the natural way this goes. Like, there's no way around it. The ease of access is making it so kids at a younger and younger age get exposed to this stuff. And because they get exposed to this stuff, they set themselves up for, for potential problems. For people like you, who maybe didn't when they were seven or eight, but did later, and then that led to better relationships, I'm not saying those don't exist either. I'm just saying, you know, there's a reason that people, like, when you talk to anybody in this in the business of family psychology, couples therapy, all of that stuff, uh, at least according to the, the three or four that I know, one of them I'm related to says, number one issue is porn. Second issue,
1: money. And, and look, I'm not saying that that's not something that comes up in couples counseling. I'm sure that it is. Right. I, I would be interested to have a, lo- a longer conversation about how much, again, we are dealing with the easiest possible scapegoat that leads to other problems. Right. Like that leads to problems with intimacy that leads to problems with trust that lead to deeper issues that that corrode a marriage. But ultimately, if you're coming to a marriage counselor, you can't just people don't just walk in and say, well, you know, uh, uh, I've really had a problem with her since we were dating. But I kind of just went along with it because my family was expecting things of me. And uh, now as I grow and mature, I'm realizing that I'm trapped in a situation that I don't want to be in. Uh, also, here's my wife and my two kids that I now look at as burdens uh, because I feel like I was never really given a chance to live and now I'm slowly decaying. They don't walk in and say that, no, right?
0: No, they don't. They,
1: they walk in, the wife walks in and says, he's watching too much porn. That's, <laughs> and that's, that's part, part of
0: it. That, but a lot of them, it's the guys going, I'm watching too much porn. The guys are saying it. It's not always the, the wives who are calling them on it and that's how it starts. I'm
1: sorry, I, I'm sorry that I, I took that in a gendered direction. It could just be somebody saying, yes, I watch too much porn. And that's the starting place. I would take a wild guess that if you were able to give somebody a shot and all of a sudden they every time that they watch porn, their eyes started bleeding to the point where they stopped doing it, they would still have problems in their marriage.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: By the way, there's a reason I'm,
0: you just reminded me of something. There's a reason why Pornhub now has a whole section of their website dedicated to sexual health and to uh, these issues. They have a full time staffed uh author lady i forgot her name she's like a clinical psychologist she's like expert in like sex relations stuff and she's like got this whole thing with all these columns about intimacy and respect and you know all this other stuff it's it almost seems like a dichotomy to people that that's there but maybe that's where things are headed and maybe that's a really good thing but somebody in here said man uh, thank goodness for for porn that's where i learned let's see it, that's how I learned to properly have anal sex, put on condoms, foreplay, and all that stuff. This is a very dependent on what porn you're looking at kind of thing, okay? So good, I say good on everybody who's found nothing but the, the healthy kind with the, yeah, we learned how to do this and that, and it's a, I'm a much better lover now. My wife loves me. And not the guy who went and found two girls, one cup, and a donkey with a sore anus. Like, there's so much stuff out there that is meant to be just uh, uh, simulate rape simulate death simulate choking simulate all these awful things that you can do to people yeah and and it may be fully consensual in terms of the actors there because they're trying to they're trying to put on a performance that equates to whatever kink they're aiming for that's not what that that stuff gets into the hands of people just as easily or quickly as you can go find your little soft core happy time Is all i'm
1: saying I, and and by the way, there's more stuff that came up in my research. It is the BDSM movies that actually have some of the larger BDSM companies, one of which actually shoots or used to shoot at a, uh, a facility right across from me and Ashley's favorite sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's an old uh, uh, armory in San Francisco. Uh, they have made a priority that the beginning of every video is the actress Doing their on-camera consent, mm. which is something that is legally required, but you don't need to publish. Uh, and it's them talking about what they will do, what they won't do, what the rules are, what the uh, what what if if things are getting too rough that this is what you say if you want to keep it going, but but you you don't want to you want them to ease up on this one specific thing. There's codes for it, right? Mm. I think this is what my friend has told me. Um, but this is this is part of it, right, is, is, is the, the consent and the performance element. Uh, so I don't think that it's equated to whether how explicit pornography is. And I think that if we want to get into this but the kids, but the kids argument, I mean, there's just, as many, uh, there's just as many studies about how harmful it is for kids younger than eight to just be handed an iPad and to play games over and over and over again that you could make elements that you can make arguments that video games are, are corroding young kids' minds before they're able to make these kinds of connections or, or or develop in a certain way. Far easier than you can pornography. Because I see far more kids that are three years old playing some some iPad game than I do three year olds accidentally being shown hardcore pornography.
0: No, I agree with that. That's not that's true. I mean, I would love to argue against that, but I think that's true. I think the the, the You know, one of the differences is stigma. Um, And I understand stigma is a construct and it's a construct of society and and it's not necessarily whole truth. Sometimes it's just a biased thing against something else. But because there is a stigma against pornography, against pervasive sex, certainly in our country, then what you end up with is not just the, well, I'm sort of hooked on this and I can't stop and I'm I don't know what to do, but you're also dealing with, well, that is extremely frowned upon. If I go to somebody and say, man, I just can't get enough of World of Warcraft. In fact, it's really screwing me up. It's all I do. It's all I play. That doesn't have the same stigma. It may have a nerd stigma, but it's not the level that porn does. So I'm saying that that makes it harder for them. I'm not saying it makes them worse off uh, mentally, but it certainly plays a factor.
1: I would almost think that getting over a video game addiction would be harder. Probably harder. Yeah, because it's more accepted. Porn, Porn is something that somebody would say, oh, God. Oh, thank God. You took some action. You really need to get your life together, uh, Johnson. Uh, Knock this porno off. Find a nice lady and and do this, right? Whereas, and who knows how successful that would be. But video games, I think, you know, unless you're dealing with somebody fairly enlightened who understands that there are still impulses uh, to things and there are feelings that you are getting and endorphins that you are getting from video games. Uh, that they would just say, "Well, knock it off. Whatever. It's a child's game anyway. Who cares?" It's like pot. Dirt it, on it.
0: To me, it's like pot and alcohol. It's it's kind of that same thing. They they both have their excess in in their excess have their harms, and in their in their non excess uh, and and non habitual use, they have their fun. But one of them isn't stigmatized the way the other one is. <laughs> so it just uh, that's all I'm saying. Whether that has any long term effect on anybody or not, it's going to be harder for you to to uh for a million other reasons for you to to you to to man or woman up and go, I have a porn problem than it would be for you to say I can't stop playing Candy Crush.
1: Well, I mean and 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 and, and there we go. Uh, uh I, I think that but I, again I think that there are more people who are gonna come out and say that to a therapist and the therapist is going to take it seriously than People who say that they're addicted to video games. Oh, yeah. Oh, I for think sure. that's, that's looked at as more. Whereas I think, again, what we're dealing with is addictive personalities. Right. And we're dealing with unhealthy personalities. And and uh, where they choose to ply their trade, I think, is, is less about the thing and more about the person mm-hmm. and more about
0: the personalities. I agree. Uh, I agree. I mean, there's a whole other part of this we haven't touched on, and we're going to get some criticism for this. So we may as well mention it. But the objectification of women in society, whether that's good for society as a whole or men, but let's just focus on women because they get the brunt of it. The objectification of women is arguably more damaging to society than the actual porn itself because we've gone to a place where we, you know, uh, we objectify women in all of this stuff. It is the chief thing. It is make them subservient. It is humiliation. Porn is big. Uh, making making dude feel cooler than he is and he has completely sub, uh, has he has subjected his woman to his needs and whims like this is this is potentially a bigger topic and one that I am not qualified to talk about really however
1: yeah, I'm not going to say that that doesn't exist, but uh, uh, go ahead and find me all these top 50 movies where the leading man slaps the woman and kisses her, uh, you know, because I think that there are same same disease, different
0: though. symptom, though. I think it's I'm not saying it's uh, you're right. I'm not absolutely, saying. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I, I, all I'm saying is that there are two things that I think that are absolutely true, that objectification of women is a problem in media and that the porn industry is rife with women being taken advantage of. Many of them very, very young. Many of them led to do things that they wouldn't do otherwise. Some of them for money, sometimes for opportunities, and that that is abhorrent, and we should take a stand against it. I will say that both of those things are rampantly done in industries for which we have much more mainstream tolerance for, and I think that we are watching a lot of that play out now. In terms of how many people are making these decisions are men, heterosexual mm-hmm. men, right? Yep. And how much power has shrouded an access industry. Mm-hmm. And the less people you have making decisions, the more power that they have. There's no coincidence that Harvey Weinstein goes down after there are more places that people can get work.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: after there are different ways that you can become a famous person. Oh, yeah. And p- off one person doesn't end your career immediately. Mm -hmm. These are not unrelated. In fact, I would say that they are absolutely related. Mm -hmm. And I would say similarly, that as we're talking about a diversification of all media delivery through a digital platform, that that brings about changes. And now you are seeing more in the porn industry, people being called out as rapists and liars and and gaslighters or worse, Mm -hmm. right? More so than you would before. Because now there's not just three places where you can get a contract and work right now there's everywhere, even if it's just, you know, fast Eddie out of his condo in Miami paying girls on like Craigslist eight hundred dollars. As long as everybody's up front with exactly what's happening, then that's eight hundred dollars that is transacted legally. Right, right.
0: I think Mullets puts it best. If porn reflects our society, people in our society really want to bang stepmoms and sisters.
1: Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. When did that happen? When did every pornography become stepmoms and stepsisters and stepbrothers? I don't know. That's where I'll get old man. I'll get I'll get. This is not my America. In fact, I'm going to run for I'm going to run for president, and that's going to be my number one thing. that That'll be my healing <laughs> for the anthem.
0: I went through my ooh boob stage many, 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 many years ago. I don't really have it anymore, so I don't know about this particular trend at all. It's a little uh, it's a little disheartening to hear that that's a thing. Oh God, no! It's like gremlins.
1: Like at some point, somebody <laughs> fed it after midnight. Now it's all over the place. <laughs>
0: well i mean that's that industry does it does it has its trends that's just one i don't I... know
1: what it is yeah it's some weird i mean i I'll, I'll blame game of thrones it happened around that time oh
0: i didn't think about that yeah you had a little bit of that going on well I think all right
1: we're in a very incest friendly <laughs> phase in culture
0: <laughs> Ugh, i don't like it i don't like this phase this is a bad phase <laughs> I'm looking forward to phase four or whenever we get there. All right. That's going to do it for the show. Thank you all for joining us and uh, piping in on this uh, interesting issue. I've been looking forward to this one, so I'm glad that we did it. And I'm really looking forward to the feedback because this feels like one where people will sit down and make thoughtful emails. Hopefully not too long because, you know,
1: uh, Justin's warned you a few times about this. Don't make big, long ones i will I will I will specifically edit your email so it it says the opposite of what you were trying to say. <laughs> right, He's threatened this before. he'll do it. I will read nine hundred words of your email and then pick the five that make the opposite point. Yeah,
0: he's threatened to do this before. Take it his teeth are sharp. take it for real. Uh, but anyway, we want to hear your feedback. Unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. that's unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. What's our next episode about?
1: How about this one, Scott? minimum wage
0: oh that sounds like a whole different thing than porn I like that that sounds great let's do it minimum wage should it go up should it go down should there be or- one at all porn mm. pays way more than minimum wage oh yeah it does Uh, just actually does the porn industry have to live by that minimum
1: wage stuff in this country do you know I mean if somebody's working in porn for minimum wage then they're larger problems so if- <laughs> you, are, you are undervaluing yourself
0: All right, well, who knows? Bottom keeps dropping out, or maybe it's maybe I'm wrong. Um, All right, so we'll do that next week, minimum wage, and uh, we'll get it on like it's Donkey Kong. Uh, Don't forget the website over there at frogpants.com slash unfriendme, and as I don't know if I've mentioned this before, maybe I haven't, or maybe I have, but the show now over there on the site is commentable, so if you have Uh, We put up today's episode, and you're like, man, what I really want to do is blog comment on this thing. Oh, do I have some good news for you? You can head right over there, and you'll find the latest episode, and uh, you can get to it. Don't have a lot of archives on there because the site just got changed, but you can go there on this episode, for example, and say whatever you want. Uh, If you're not a jerk, I won't ban you, so do that. That's uh, unfriend me over at frogpants.com slash unfriend me. Just Uh, anything else? uh,
1: Yeah, uh, 801-285-9395, put it in your phone. If you are in the Southern California area, San Diego or Los Angeles, Night Attack is coming to your town June 9th and June 10th. Get tickets at nightattack.tv slash tour.
0: Ah, sounds good. Also, just in general, check out the new Frog Pants site. Everything's been redone. All the shows have new uh, sort of places to visit and new things to do. There's new artwork up there. There's all kinds of rad stuff. And you can follow progress on this Kickstarter for playing cards that I'm doing now. It's art time all the time. When I'm not recording, I'm drawing. Uh, nice. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Justin R. Young on Twitter. I'm at Scott Johnson. The show is just not there because that's good. that's on purpose. Just talk to us. Talk to me and Justin. Justin <laughs> R. Young and Scott Johnson. That's going to do it for us until next week. Have a fantastic one. Cut down on your porn just a little bit. It's fine. And we'll see you next no, time. Watch more porn. Oh, more, porn. Watch more porn. All right. Unfriend me then. Unfriend me.